The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Shut up! Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome back to another episode of Garthology. Today we are going to continue our look at Garth's eighth studio album titled Scarecrow. This album marked the seventh time Garth debuted at number one on the top 200 chart, more times than any other artist at the time, and the ninth time he debuted at the top of the country albums chart. Scarecrow was the biggest selling debut week for a country album since the release of Garth's Double Live in 1998. So he just kept beating himself, basically, at that point. In today's episode, we'll be looking at songs four, five, and six on the original release of Scarecrow. I'll start it off with song number four, The Storm. The Storm was written by that amazing trio of songwriters that we've talked about many, many times before, Kent Blasey, Garth Brooks, and Kim Williams. The Storm was not released as a single, so no chart action for this song. This is an intense song about a woman discovering secrets about her man after he's gone, and she's sad, and the song is very, it's just heartbreaking. Her family warned her about the man, she didn't listen, and now she's suffering and she's struggling to move on. Musically, for me, this song is such a contradiction. In each of the verses, Garth is quiet and somewhat subdued, but in each of the choruses, Garth is at his most intense, I think, on the whole album, which I love an intense Garth, so that for me is the best part. The vocals are so good. The music builds perfectly around him in each chorus, especially by the string section. So it's all so good musically, and it builds to that bridge at like the 320 mark. And that woman, like she is struggling, and the music just builds that. You can feel that struggle in it. And at that bridge, it's like she just realizes that she can make it. And you get that a little bit like the music kind of lightens up a little. So the music kind of changes once she kind of realizes she can make it on her own. So for me, overall, it's just super powerful the way that the lyrics and the story match up with the music that these musicians put together. I just love the way it all ties in together. And Garth actually discussed this song in the anthology also. And as he said, he was going through a lot of personal things in his life at the time that this album was coming together. He was losing his mom. 
He was going through his divorce with Sandy. He was talking about retirement. So he's quoted as saying that the storm was as real as it gets for him in this moment in his life. And I really feel like you can feel that. You can feel it in the music. You can feel it in the story. It's so different for Garth. And I think it's all there and you can feel his emotions coming through. So Pete, what do you think about the storm? Truth is, I didn't know much about the song at all. I still don't know much about the song. It's odd for me because I know most of all Garth songs. Listening to the song now, I would have guessed it was one I skipped because I just didn't care for it at the time. It doesn't grab my attention. I lose my focus listening to it. And even while researching it, I found myself like drifting off and looking like to see what's coming up next. Like what's the next thing I could research? Then I grabbed the anthology too that I was gifted. I read about the song. I read about the meaning of it. And I don't know how I didn't care for it. Like I, maybe it was because I didn't know the meaning of the song before I read the anthology and the fact that this was such an important or big part of, you know, Gar's life at that time with the divorce and what he had to say about the song. I read that part of the anthology two times and like I listened to the song over and over again and it like instantly went to my playlist. I cannot believe that I allowed this song to sit idle for so, so long. And I'm just so happy for the anthology because without it, the story would have never came through and I'm sure that I would have never heard the song again. I would not have paid attention to it. I wouldn't have listened to it because I never did before. And I don't have a lot to talk about because I don't know the song that well still. I mean, I just started researching this over the last couple of days, but you can, you could tell the pain in this song. Maybe that was one reason why I didn't listen to it at that time or whatever. Um, or I, it just, because it just, there was nothing about it that grabbed, but now knowing like the story behind it from the anthology and where Garth was at in his life and the divorce. Wow. What a powerful song. And I'm glad, glad, glad that I was able to uh, give it a second opportunity, I guess you could say, because um, I really do enjoy it. What about you, Jess? Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, it's one that I could see. I love, but I could see how people could skip over it. But I think that we've touched on before. That's one of the great things about the fact that we get to do the podcast and pick back over these songs that maybe we missed the first time around too. And not always because you didn't like them even or because they didn't catch your attention, but because you have your favorites and your go-tos and you listen to those over and over again. And you do on any album, there are songs that get missed and don't get played as much. So it's fun now to come back and get to find songs that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just at a different place now or I read it differently or listened to it differently or I've heard these other songs enough times that I can finally set them aside enough to pay attention to the ones I missed on the album. And so I love that. And I hope that because of what we're doing and talking about it, that maybe there'll be people that are like, I don't know that one either. And I don't remember it. And I'm going to go back and listen to it now and see what I think. Cause I think though it's not like a whole new album, but if you get a new song, a new Garth song here and there, because somebody said, Hey, go back and listen to this one, then what a treat to, you know, all these years later, get to go back and hear it again for the first time. But, um, I think that musically, I didn't really hear what you were saying, but Deb, about the lightning and the music, but now I can, because I can hear the song in my head and I'm like, I do see the change in the music. Oh, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that I didn't hear the change in the music. I did, but I didn't associate it with what was going on lyrically at the time. Mm -hmm. And so that is such a cool thing that musicians can do where they can, you know, make 
music sounds sad. How do you make a sound sound sad, but they can, or they can make it sound happy. And so to be able to, to put that in the right moment with the right lyric is so brilliant to me. I think my favorite part of the song musically is, and it's probably in the part that you were talking about where Garth really kind of gives it that intensity, but it says, and her friends, they've all gone back to their lives. Mm -hmm. That music behind that moment is just like, I stop every time and just kind of take a breath with it because it, it does just change something emotionally in you when you get to that moment in the song. Lyrically, the part that says a broken jewel box dancer lies in pieces down the hall opening like that is again, it's just so descriptive and it's very bleak in this case, but it, it makes you pay attention. Like what was happening in that moment to, you know, so I think just what an amazing group of writers and musicians and the creativity kills me. I don't, I don't even understand how all these people come together in one place, but I'm so happy they did and that they put all these songs on an album. I really enjoy this one. And uh, you both gave me food for thought on this song too. And that's always interesting to me. (laughs) Yes. Well, hopefully we're doing that for everybody out there. Like Jess said, it's so cool to think that maybe for those of you that maybe have passed this song up, that now you maybe give it another chance because Like they were saying, the musicians, there's a reason why all of these musicians, the G-men as they're called, are in the Musicians Hall of Fame. These people are genius. And so if you get the chance, go back and listen to the storm again and think about it from all of these perspectives, because I think you'll I think you'll like what you hear. So, Pete, what do you have for the next song on the list? So I get song number five off the album, Thicker Than Blood. It's one big contradiction to me How in God's name we love thy neighbor With fists in our hands And kill each other when we just don't agree Why can't we see the walls we can't see through And see what God's been telling me and you And then his blood is thicker than water Oh, but love Love is thicker than blood. Thicker Than Blood was written by Jenny Yates and Garth Brooks. It was released in May of 2002 as a single off the album and reached number 18 on the Billboard Hot Country single and track charts. I say Thicker Than Blood is pushing top three on this album for me. I just love the song. I love the story behind it. And I finally got to see him do it acoustic. Well, We all kind of did on the seventh anniversary of Inside Studio G. Right. It absolutely melted me. And it's so funny because I can't tell you how many times I've went back and watched because I just love Garth on these uh, request shows and the way that he does things acoustically. But I just go back and watch him do a couple songs. But I always start it with this one. Like Thicker Than Blood is, ah, the song is so great with an amazing story behind it. I love that the song is about his father and how he struggled to refer to him as an ex-Marine. In the anthology, he says that you're never an ex-Marine and that he struggled with it, but it was the only way lyrically that he can make it work in this song. Writing the song with Jenny Yates, she says that she thinks it took her and Garth. They probably worked on the song for over 10 years to finally get it done. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know what the reason why they struggle with lyrics or just because it meant so much, but... I love how the song and the story is about Garth's mom and dad and how they were able to blend families because obviously there was kids from both sides from previous marriages. 
I love how Trisha says in the anthology that it is probably the most autobiographical song that Garth has ever written. I love the story. I love the song. I love everything about it. And it will always be one. It's funny because there's a couple things I save on social media. I specifically saved this inside Studio G because of Thicker Than Blood. Specifically saved it. I, there's a couple other ones that we've been on or whatever, whoop de whoop. But his all in request <laughs> ones, this is the one. And I saved it because Thicker Than Blood. I love the song. It's always been one of my favorites. Listening to the album and going through the research again, I like. I know it's top three. We'll have to wait and see if it ends up being top one at the uh, number one at the end. I love. I can't tell you how much I love this song. I love everything about it. What about you, Jess? I really love this one too. Musically, it has kind of a James Taylor sound to me, which is not surprising given how you know how much Garth loves him. I also come from a blended family, and so this one has always been special to me for that reason because I just identify with that that feeling of kind of your family is what grows with you and who you love and not necessarily who's related to you by blood. Um, I love the line, our family never shared the same last name, but our family was a family the same. Uh, I definitely lived that. And as a nurse, the second verse appeals to me because it talks about, you know, helping someone in an accident and the blood on the road and the fear that's involved in that. There's, you know, the risk of a bloodborne pathogen. And in a moment, when you're put on the spot to help somebody having to make that choice, like, do I risk exposing myself to something that could hurt me or potentially kill me to save someone else in this moment? Like you only have a split second sometimes to decide. And so certainly that is not unique to a nurse, any person that could be on the side of a road at any time or in any situation where something similar happens, you have that split second to decide if you're going to help or not. And deciding that, blood is thicker than water and love is thicker than blood. Do you take in the risk to save somebody regardless of the risk to yourself? And that's, that's very um, human and very um, honorable. I think if you can put yourself aside to help somebody in that way, thankfully as a nurse in the days that we live in now, we have a lot of ways to protect ourselves, but there are generations of people that came before us that didn't have those things. And, thankful to those people who made those sacrifices in medical war zones, anywhere that it applied. That verse just always kind of gets to me and makes me think of that. Like all the people who made that decision when they didn't have all the the ways to protect themselves that we have now. So very serious moments, but just a beautiful song. It does kind of change. It's interesting to me that it, it, it always feels like to me anyway, that it has two parts because it is very much about family and then it's about this like accident scene. And so I always kind of feel like you're getting two stories in one sort of, it doesn't make me love it or not love it. I don't, I don't have a feeling about it in that particular way. I just always think like it's two stories kind of mashed together. Maybe that was part of what took them a long time to figure out how, how they were going to fit that together. But then the chorus does tie it together and it brings it together in a way that makes sense. And so I love this one. It's not um, It's not like a driving song. It's not something I put on my playlist to rock out to. But when I play Scarecrow, I never, I don't really skip any songs on this album. I love them all. But I don't know what playlist this would fit on for me because it's one of those songs that it fits on Scarecrow, but I don't know categorically what else I would put it with necessarily. Interesting. What do you think about this one, Deb? Well, I, I too love this song. I love the little glimpse into Garth's real life that we get. You know, like you guys mentioned, we get to hear his parents' story at the beginning, and I love that. 
And I've always, I think for a long time, that's what I focused on. And so Jess, it was interesting to hear you talk about the second verse about the accident, because I still have kind of skipped over that part. And the one that gets to me now is in the, so I I guess it's probably the third verse maybe of the song where he says, Lord, it's one big contradiction to me, how in God's name, we love thy neighbor with fists in our hands and kill each other when we just don't agree. Mm-hmm. So that to me, when you, when you focus on just Garth's family, um, I think you lose part of the bigger picture of what this song really is. So now to me, hearing what Pete said, hearing what Jess said, and now the feeling that I get from it, I feel like there's actually three parts in this song. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Garth's personal life, which I do. I love that. But it's so much more than that because then you get this accident. And like Jess said, as a human, do you put yourself at risk to help other humans? It's a hard it's a hard thing. And I don't know, every situation is different. So I don't know what I would do in any given situation. In the moment, I think we all have to make those split second decisions. So that's a whole other aspect to this song. And then you get this next one of how do we treat each other? Like, why do we fight? And there's so much, and maybe it's just where we are today in our society. Because now we think differently, I think, than we used to. And there's so much fighting on each side. And this kind of plays into why I feel like we had to put out there that our, you know, our new motto going forward in the podcast is love will always win. And I think this kind of ties into that because how can we do these things to our neighbor if we can't, you know, if we want to live together in a society where we all can love each other, I think we have to think of each other first and foremost as just human beings, as just people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that plays a lot into my thinking now when I listen to this song. So that kind of sums it up for me. And looking at the anthology, the song was written when the AIDS epidemic was so out of control. And people basically at that time were just afraid to even touch each other. And that breaks my heart. So for me, this song has those three parts. And overall, it's basically just saying what Garth has said all along, which is love one another. And so for that reason, I just don't think that this song gets the recognition that it deserves for the powerful lyrics that it has. So that's kind of what I focus on now when I listen to Thicker Than Blood. That's going to be it for me. To me, it's right up there with, with the change and the river and the dance. And it has that kind of like, like the, it can change you as a human if you look at these lyrics and think about what they're saying. So that's where I am today with that song. You know, it's interesting to me, you talking about, and it's funny because it's like we each added a part that made me think of it differently, but you saying the three different parts and kind of what they are. And then I was like, oh, it's weird because it's like it's divided, but the chorus is bringing it together. But thinking about it, something about you saying it was like Garth's family and then the accident and then it kind of spirals out from him if you think about it that way because it's very personal it's his family and then it's like your neighbor or your someone that you come across in an accident something a little bit farther out than your immediate family and then like mankind as a whole oh my god it keeps spiraling out and getting bigger you know 
That's it's, exactly right. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> it is. That's oh my crazy. gosh, that was so good. It took three of us to get there, but we, we got there though. I am so interested to to hear what the listeners like think about it now that you know we've there's three different what a song that is obviously if it does three parts and we look at it like a song that could be so much more than just a song or a story. Yeah. But now like listening to to your guys' thoughts on it, this is the reason why there it means so much to me and why I enjoy it so much. Just um what a what an unbelievable song. So Yep. Man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Thicker Than Blood. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or feelings on it or whatever, you know, feel free to reach out on our socials or email us, whatever it is. It'll be cool to uh, to hear your guys' thoughts. Jess, what do you got next? Well, I have song number six, which is Big Money. You ought to see my bank account. It pays big money. And we're rolling in it now. It pays big money. Okay, you know how they say, like, you're going along and everyone's having a good time, and then somebody says something and you like, bring it way down. <laughs> okay, well, this is not that, because we <laughs> were doing kind of the very serious tone, and then you're going to come in here with big money that is just crazy and ridiculous and funny. So now we're going to bring it way up. Way up. So <laughs> the song is four minutes and one second long. It was written by Sean Camp, Randy Hardison, and Wynn Varble, and it's just, it's about a guy. <laughs> I mean, I can't even explain it without kind of smiling and laughing, but it's about a guy whose brother is a lineman and his uncle is a demolitionist and they both got rich doing kind of risky jobs um, that they loved, but then died doing them. So the guy gets rich inheriting money from his crazy rich relatives. The chorus says it pays big money having foolish kin it pays big money. I guess I owe it all to them. And that's on the final refrain. And I feel like Alan Reynolds kind of summed this one up the best. And he said, basically, the song means enjoy yourself. Life's not a permanent deal. It's not all about the money. And I think that's so true. Because I mean, I guess you could argue that those people were doing something that they loved, but something crazy to just get money. And then if you either do something ridiculous to make the money that you need and it kills you doing it. You don't get to stay and enjoy the money you made or on the flip side, you do something you hate and don't enjoy to, to get money to do something. And then that kills you either way. You've kind of done a disservice to yourself because you know, you have to, you have to be the other guy in this song, the guy that just kicked back, enjoyed life and got what life gave him when the other crazy people passed away. He got boatloads of money. (laughs) Yeah. You have to just make time for yourself and kind of laugh at life, go with the flow to a certain degree. I think that that's true. And it was a a good point that, that Alan brought. Uh, It's not exactly what I would have pulled out of the song because it typically just makes me laugh and I don't think about the deeper meaning to it. But I do think that that is probably the overall feeling that was, or the overall intent, I guess, of the song. The music even, I don't know that music can be funny, but somehow the kind of a jaunty, happy sound makes it seem funny. 
I do you know what I'm talking about with the music? Mm-hmm. Could you guys kind of hear that? Yes. Yep. What do you think about this one, Pete? I have to agree. I love the country and big money. The instruments are awesome, and it's just a song that makes you want to smile, laugh, and dance. To me, it's a cowboy bar song through and through. You could walk into a cowboy bar or a honky yeah. tonk, grab yourself a beer, and then this song's on. And it, people are just dancing. People like me who don't know how to dance, this is my song to dance to. It's just a lot of fun. The reasoning behind it, you know, the Ken, uh, God, just a great story. But uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this one. It is a very fun song. It's like in the perfect spot of the entire album, too. It just kind of brings you back and laughing and then on you go. So yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Aunt Deb? Okay, so you all know I love Garth. <laughs> and this is a cute, you know, live life to the fullest because none of us are getting out of this life alive thing. You know, I get that. And it's got, I do love the clever twist at the end. It always puts a smile on my face for sure. The lyrics and the music are good. They, you know, I kind of bop along to them. And I, I do love the piano riff at the end. At this black humor of everybody dying at the end of this song is a little unusual for Garth. So, Overall, I guess I just have to say it's probably my least favorite song on this album, but I don't skip it. So don't get me wrong. I'll always sing along with Garth and and laugh as he's talking about those people dying so that that guy can inherit the money. (laughs) So, yeah, overall, not my favorite, but I still I'm right there with you, Garth. Okay, so that pretty much sums up song number six, I think, which is the halfway point of the album. So I think we're going to tie it up here. And we'll come back for 789 next time. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on any podcast platform. And hey, be sure and encourage others to listen. So that way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yeah, and speaking of friends in low places, if you guys are on social media, we are at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. If you're on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, or TikTok, we are at GarthologyCast there. We love the interaction. We love the likes, the tweets, the retweets, the shares. And that's the perfect place on any one of those platforms to pop in and let us know what you think about Thicker Than Blood. So we appreciate the support, guys. Thank you. You can hear new episodes of Garthology on the 7th, 17th, and 27th of each month. So please join us for our next episode. Until then. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. And remember, love will always win. Right now, I'm going to talk to my wife about her. <laughs> about her flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who who am I handing off to? Pete. Deb. Pete. <laughs> First of all, you were right. It should have been me, not you. Yeah.